Welcome to Revealed Ministries for Women. My name is Brianna Nye, and I am your host, the author of Revealed in Ephesians, The Mystery of Who I Am in Christ, and the founder of Revealed Ministries for Women. I'm so excited to have you here today. We're going to be studying being sealed with the Holy Spirit. This is week two, day one of our study through the book Revealed in Ephesians, The Mystery of Who I Am in Christ. And I got to say congratulations. If you have made it through week one and you're on to week two, you are developing some amazing habits, which are going to benefit you for the rest of your life. You know, they say that it takes 21 days to start or break a habit, I believe. It can take three days to form a new habit, 21 days to break an old habit. So I want to think more in terms of breaking the old habit of not reading the Bible, of not spending time with the Lord, because that bad habit is really um, just cutting off everything that you have in your relationship with Christ. Because the Lord loves you. He wants to spend time to you. He wants to reveal things to your heart. Um, He wants to encourage you. Being a Christian is not just, oh, I said a prayer when I was five years old at VBS, and now I just go to church and do all the right things and wear the Witness Wear t-shirt or listen to Christian radio or read people's books, Um, even though obviously you're studying my book. um, it's, It's actually about having an ongoing relationship with the Lord. And so um, that is... That is what we're going to really look at today. So let's start with our memory verse. As you have been reading in your Bible study in the past week, you know that I've been encouraging you to begin using this as your open book prayer. So you're using God's prayer for the Ephesians to pray for the things going on in your own heart and in your own life. So I'm going to pray for you right now using that same exact memory verse. O holy God of our Lord Jesus Christ, you are glorious, our glorious Father. I pray that you will give me right now the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that I may know you better. And as I teach, I pray that revelation will come through my teaching in Jesus' name. And I pray for every single person listening that your revelation by the Holy Spirit will come to them and open their eyes open their hearts that they might know the hope to which you have called them and the riches of your glorious inheritance for your holy people and your incomparably great power for us who believe. Lord, I believe that that power is the same as the mighty strength you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead. Lord God, I pray that today anyone who's living in hopelessness will be raised up out of that hopelessness and given hope and know in the name of Jesus that God has a plan for them and he wants to bring victory into their lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about hope, the hope that we have in the Holy Spirit today. And we're going to find that right here in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 to 14. It says, in him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance 
until the redemption of those who are God's possession (laughs) to the praise of his glory. So the Apostle Paul, the same man that was on the road to Damascus, ready to arrest and kill Christians, he decided to give up everything, all of the things that he had put his stock in in this life, even his religiosity, to put his hope in Christ. In verse 12, it says, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. So Paul and the other apostles, they, before we, you know, long ago, before we were ever born, they hoped in Christ first. His apostles heard his message. They saw his miracles. They saw him. They saw heaven touching earth when Jesus came and he raised people from the dead and he cast demons out of people and he he healed the sick and they saw they hoped in Christ. They put their hope in him. And then the apostle Paul, he was kind of that late bloomer. Um, He was persecuting those people. And then when Jesus appeared to him, he dared to put his hope in Christ to the point of getting rid of everything else that he had already put his hope in. And many of you women out there have put your hope in many things. You have put your hope in your ability to do a good job raising your children. You've put your hope in your ability to keep your whole marriage under control, or you've put your hope in your plans, you know, your whole like life plan to get married, have kids, get a job, do everything in the right order, and that is what you put your hope in. But when life throws a wrench into your plans and things don't go the way that you hoped they would, you find yourself in a great deal of hopelessness. And many people keep Jesus and Christianity or church in this little box to the side of their lives, and they do, they save it for Sundays or they save it for Bible studies, but they don't allow the hope of Christ into their everyday life. And this is where heaven touches earth. It touches earth when God has a relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ. And when we get to this next section of this passage, it says, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So when you think of hope, You might just think of something like, I hope I get to go on vacation to um, Nag's Head this year, or I hope that my husband um, brings home the food that I gave him on the grocery list and doesn't, you know, forget something. Those things are kind of little ways we use the word hope. We throw them out. It involves wanting something. I want my grocery list to be properly, you know, shopped. I want my children to behave the way that I want them to behave. But the hope that this is talking about, the gospel of your salvation is good news for you, for your eternal salvation. And the greatest thing, it's hard to comprehend here on earth, is our salvation in heaven. That salvation, you know, when I die, I know there is more than this life. I know there's more than what I experience here. I am hoping in the promises of God that if I trust in his son, Jesus Christ, to forgive me for my sins, that he 
will do it, that he will write my name in the Lamb's book of life, and that he will prepare a place for me in heaven because he promised. That is an eternal hope that gives me hope beyond this life. But Jesus says, that is the great inheritance. That is the whole enchilada that we have to look forward to. But we see something deeper here in this passage that that's really mind-blowing. So when I look here, it says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, ladies, that is a mouthful, and there are a lot of words in that sentence that Paul is communicating, and it's really easy to read right through them and not savor them. So let's think about this. Let's let's just take a moment and we're going to ask some questions. And asking questions is a great thing when it comes to the Bible. It's there's nothing wrong with asking questions. You are supposed to ask questions. I've heard many people say like, "Well, when I was a kid, I tried going to church, but they kicked me out of church because I asked too many questions in Sunday school." That's a really sad story. I don't even like hearing those stories because God loves your questions. He wants to answer them because he wants to relate to you and he wants to speak to you. God has never been this like, here's all the rules. See you in heaven if you make it. <laughs> you know, that is not how God is. <laughs> he is, he wants you to know him. So when you ask these questions of like this next passage we're going to look at, it's like going to a restaurant and you sit down and you're savoring something that's really delicious. Maybe it's a pasta dish with shrimp, and you're trying to figure out if you could make this at home. So you take a bite of that sauce, and you just savor it. And maybe if you're out with your girlfriend, you say, what is in this sauce? What is this? It's kind of creamy. Does it have heavy whipping, um, heavy whipping cream in it? Is it an olive oil-based sauce? Ooh, is that some garlic that I taste? So you're trying to think about what you're tasting so you can recreate this in the future. Same thing with scripture. Now, we're not trying to recreate scripture, but we're trying to understand it to truly know God and to truly know what this means for our lives. So we can ask as many questions as we want. In fact, I encourage you to keep a journal as you do the study or write all over the pages of this book questions that you have. And don't just write them down for yourself. Pray about it. Ask God. Say, God, reveal this to me. I want to understand this. So it says, when you believed. So this is talking about us. You were marked in him with a seal. So the word marked and seal and promised Holy Spirit are there, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So you have a lot going on there. So there's a lot in this sauce that Paul is putting together for us. So we're marked with a seal. So I got to ask, what does that mean? What does that mean about the seal? Now that is in your study, so I'm not going to tell you right off the bat today. But it says the promised Holy Spirit. Promised Holy Spirit. Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was promised. It was promised to the disciples. What is the Holy Spirit? No, it's not like Star Wars here. Okay, let me just answer this question for you. The Holy Spirit is not a life force that binds the universe together and is in all the trees and the birds and the worms and the dirt and in the desk and in the paper. Um, the Holy Spirit is God. God himself. And God is a personal God. He's not a life force. God created life. All life emanates from God. All life comes from God. 
all truth comes from God, but God's a person. He is a personality. He is the first person. And the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Jesus said to his disciples, they were sad when he said that he went, he was going to prepare a place for them. And he was, they were sad when he said, I have to leave. And he said, don't be sad. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit can't come. The promised Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, it's going to be great, guys. This is better than if I were here in person. So if Jesus were here in person in your car, on your daily commute, or in your kitchen while you're preparing that salad, or um, in the gym when you're going to the gym, um, wherever you are, if you had Jesus there 100% of the time, in any time, you could turn and ask him a question what would you ask him? I mean, imagine it would be unlimited, the things that you could think if you had Jesus there as your personal mentor, spiritual life coach here. Um, that That's really maybe sounds a little demeaning to demean Jesus down to life coach, really. But it's more than that. He says it's better. The Spirit of God is coming and he's going to live inside of you. And when he lives inside of you, he is going to lead you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit himself, with God himself. And when God himself is living inside of you, I guarantee you when your plans get messed up, it's not a problem because you can ask the Holy Spirit and he can give you the answer. And in fact, you're going to probably stop making your plans without him. With When you have someone with you in your car, like a friend, you don't just do whatever you want. You just don't say like, well, I'm going to go to Kohl's first and use my Kohl's cash. And then I'm going to go get a latte at Starbucks or my favorite uh, little shop. You don't say that. You turn to the person and say, hey, what do you want to do today? I'm really looking forward to using this Kohl's cash. Do you have any ideas? And then that person will tell you, hey, actually, I have something really great in mind. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide your life, will direct your life. And instead of making all your plans without him, you should make your plans with him. You should talk to the Lord. He wants to hear you. He wants to give you insight. So he's not just like a flame on a banner in your church or a dove on a banner in your church or just, you know, a faraway impersonal force. He is God himself. So as we go into this week, we're going to be learning about how God himself interacts with the believer in Jesus Christ to give us hope. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to talk specifically in this podcast about how that hope applies to your life, except to say that you have the Holy Spirit, and it's going to get better. So I look forward to seeing you, and we'll see you next time on day two of week two to talk about being sealed with the Holy Spirit and the hope we have in Christ. <music>